0: Exciting news to report, our event, Inspiring Prevention of Eating Disorders and Body Image Issues, is going online. This is an eating disorders training event for sufferers, mental health professionals, counselors, nutritionists, dietitians, personal trainers and anyone with an interest in eating disorders prevention. And it is now online, bringing people together, sharing a passion for change around these issues. It is an event to inspire, educate, and connect with like-minded others. So why do we need this event? Well, we know that eating disorders are on the rise and many people in our culture experience devastating distress around body image. And as a result of this, so many people are desperately struggling with their physical health, mental well-being, and self-worth. And we know that the incidence of eating disorders exploded in the pandemic, and we continue to experience the aftermath of this. And the Lance's Group recently published research in June, 2023, revealing a 42% rise in eating disorders among teenage girls as a result of the lockdowns, with similar rates of self-harm in this demographic. We need change at grassroots level. We need to implement change in society, changing the narrative and helping people to find a newfound understanding around relationship with food, psychology, and body image. So be part of this change we have brought together experts in the field to inspire and educate around prevention of these issues. And it's going to be a one-day event on the 30th of September, 2023, online. We're going to be having lots of talks and workshops, talking about the catastrophic impact of diet culture, looking at the early years as foundation for good mental health, talking about the hidden eating disorders with 85% of people not being underweight, Looking at diagnosis, early intervention and support, talking about issues with men getting eating disorders too around muscularity, talking about improving body image and developing radical self-love, understanding a broader definition of health, intuitive eating principles, is sugar really the enemy, finding a healthy relationship with exercise and movement, dealing with diet culture and lots more. So if you want to up-level your knowledge, be inspired, connect with others from all over the world and be part of this transformation, click the link in the bio of the show notes to get your ticket. Saturday 30th of September, see you there. Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating and I'm Harriet Frew, aka The Eating Disorder Therapist, and I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information, and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. So today I am talking to Kiandra Birnbaum. Now Kiandra is the passionate and empathetic eating disorder recovery coach behind Flourish with Kiandra. So you've probably seen Kiandra's amazing Instagram posts. They are just so informative and um, wonderful. I would say one of the best accounts out there if you're not following it already. So Kendra's work possesses a unique blend of personal experience and professional training and she helps individuals navigate the journey to recovery with understanding, resilience and positivity. Kiandra has overcome her own struggles with an eating disorder and she embarked on a mission to inspire others to embrace their self-worth and transform their lives. With an innovative, compassionate and holistic approach, Kiandra offers not just coaching but also empowerment, guidance and continuous support to those on the path of recovery. And our ultimate aim is to cultivate healthy body images, inspire self-love and enable her clients to truly flourish. So in this episode today, we are talking about the key benefits of therapy and coaching for eating disorder recovery, thinking about how therapy and coaching complement one another. Kiandra and I both share some success stories from working with clients and also explore practical tools and approaches that we use in therapy and coaching. We also do some myth debunking and explore the long-term benefits that individuals can expect from engaging in therapy or coaching. We just really want to give you some hope, inspiration and uplift your day. So if you're sitting on the fence and you're not sure about whether you want to get some support and help, hopefully this episode will really help you think about think things through and think about what might work for you. So let's get to the conversation.
1: Hello, Harriet. It's lovely to speak with you today. I'm really excited for this episode. We're going to be talking all about therapy and coaching for eating disorder recovery. And and given our own backgrounds, um, it's going to be a really, really interesting episode. So for the listeners who don't know um, who you are, um, can you
0: tell my audience a little bit about, about yourself? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Thanks, Keandra, so much for having me. Great to be here. So I'm Harriet Frew, I'm an eating disorder therapist. I've worked in this field for 20 years, which is a bit scary. <laughs> um yeah, so I came very much came into eating disorders as a wounded healer, I suffered from bulimia in my late teens and early 20s for almost a decade. So I did sort of in my early 20s, I wanted to train in therapy, so sort of to support others with eating disorders, very much sort of came from that wounded healer place, really, and quite sort of idealizing wanting to save the world after not really getting the support I needed myself. So that was my initial sort of um, step in. I then have worked sort of on and off for the Cambridgeshire Adult Eating Disorder Service and um, for many years. I'm literally sort of down to like a morning a week now for them, but um, now I predominantly work. Face to face um, on Zoom, face to face on Zoom, and work giving sort of therapy to clients recovering from eating disorders. I also run training for counselors. I've got an online course and a podcast, the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. So I guess I do a variety of things and um, I remain sort of very passionate about um, everything I do. Um, So, yeah, that's a bit about me. Um, And can I ask you, Kendra, because obviously my audience would like to hear a bit about you. Could you just tell me a little bit about yourself, too, for my audience?
1: Yeah, well, thank you for for telling me about your, your journey. I mean, plate spinning, I think, for both of us. We acknowledged before the recording how... Many plates are spinning with us, but um, I'm Kiandra. I am an eating disorder recovery coach. Primarily, it's my main occupation, but I also work within social media for a couple of other companies. Um, I have done for for the for the last um, five to ten years. Um, I got into eating disorder recovery coaching through again. I um, have my own lived experience from recovering from an eating disorder in my early to early teens to very early twenties, um, and thankfully recovered. And you know, got into the space with my want and need to help others, not directly going straight towards eating disorders, more primarily generalistic mental health. But landed myself in the space, and now I help people all over the world um you know recover from disordered eating eating disorders excessive exercise and etc everything that comes with an eating disorder through coaching um and that is done virtually so yeah that's a little bit about myself I suppose um life wise um I live in Yorkshire if you know the UK it's very up north um with my partner we have a nice house here I enjoy walking and the quiet life I'd say I'm not your uh I've never been one to go out um drinking or partying to be honest so yeah that's a little bit about me
0: oh nice yeah good to hear that and um yeah pleased to hear that you enjoy like going out walking like Yorkshire's beautiful isn't it
1: yeah it's absolutely gorgeous and my 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 partner's very big into kind of his, his climbing bouldering um I think he one day will probably do some outdoor climbing but i'm I'm slowly getting myself into it I think uh easy does it <laughs> definitely
0: <laughs> so he's got you doing a bit of bouldering and stuff has he already
1: yeah, yeah indoor though and I feel for me it's it's bizarre I can get up the wall absolutely fine, but it's coming down even with ropes I am. Petrified, um, but I th- it will come with time, definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Good luck with that.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, so this episode, I suppose, is going to draw upon you know both of our in insight into therapy and coaching for eating disorders. Obviously, Harriet, you've you've had you know a long time working in the space, where so I'm sure you have so much insight into this, and for me, a couple of years within the coaching space you know, I I offer a different aspect, a lens to recovery. But, you know, I think this is going to be really helpful for people who don't actually know (laughs) about these areas. So I think first off, for for everyone's sake, what are the key benefits of therapy and coaching for eating disorder recovery from your perspective?
0: Sure. Well, I think obviously some people do go it alone don't they and um you know navigate yeah. their own road but i think if you do reach out and have coaching or counseling or therapy it can be a way to sort of fast track i mean not necessarily going fast but <laughs> faster track your recovery because of you're sort of working with someone who can really give you that sort of safe space to Um, Gain insight, gain awareness, gain psychological understanding, I guess, about why you have this eating disorder, maybe how it's developed, how it's serving you, how you use it as a kind of coping strategy. Because I think often when people come to therapy or coaching, they have no kind of concept of that. They just feel very, very lost. And then mm-hmm. I guess also then you can learn a lot of skills and strategies and kind of healthier ways to support your mental well being, maybe than rather than sort of using food or body image as kind of coping. So yeah, so I guess those are some of my thoughts. But um, I don't know what you would add to that, um, Keandra, in terms of like sort of the coaching side of it. Particularly.
1: Yeah, I think think both actually work very much hand in hand, which a lot of people don't realise is sometimes you can have a coach and a therapist at the same time, often that is the case, because with coaching, as you very wisely said, you go into therapy, maybe being quite lost, not understanding the purpose, the role of the eating disorder, And therefore, coaching can be quite a a jump because coaching is very much working on actionable steps to get you to your goals. And that's where, you know, you think mentorship, coaching and therapy all differ slightly within the same realm. That being said, obviously, we we, we would work on underlying and motivational factors for the eating disorder, but it's very much that we both together find solutions to problems. Um, and that is how coaching differs from therapy. Whereas therapy, you kind of are working out the the emotions and finding coping tools um, m- more within a, a therapeutical space. I think that that would be my biggest difference or benefit from coaching is it's kind of that actionable step towards your goals.
0: Yeah, and it's, um, it's really interesting, isn't it, as well, because I think is what's worth just dis- clarifying for the listeners is it depends as well what kind of therapy you have So I think say for example if you had sort of psychodynamic therapy your therapist may very much be what we call more in therapy like the blank screen they you know would not really Mm -hmm. be giving you a lot back would be really putting the ball more in your court helping supporting you I guess to come up with the insight and awareness whereas if you went to see a cognitive behavior therapist for example that could be much more aligned with something that is a bit more like coaching where it would be the therapist would be yeah. much more directive you'd have goals it's probably time limited um so I guess there can be quite a lot of overlap can't there and it's probably just really helpful for sure. but yeah for anyone listening just to really investigate with that individual person what exactly they offer
1: yeah and I think as well every everyone is very different some people um really like to just have the space to talk and explore and I would say with that that's quite person-centered therapy where you know the the therapist would give minimal prompts um and you would guide the session but for others and I think especially when you are you know to add eating sort of a very um unique field in the respect that when you become and if you become nutritionally um depleted or you know you're restricted of energy your mindset is quite rigid and unable to make as many kind of cognitions and thought processes and patterns and understanding so you know there might be different therapeutical practices or coaching for different stages of your recovery I don't know if you would agree with that
0: Harriet. Yeah I know completely agree actually and um, I'm just even wondering as well just kind of thinking out loud but within your coaching, actually, even, Kendra, would you even be taking the role almost of a kind of nutritionist slash dietitian? Um, you know, obviously, maybe that may be not your sort of specialist kind of field. But in terms of like really honing in more on the kind of practical side as well of um maybe creating a meal plan, etc.
1: Yeah, I think within me, with me, I am actually, uh, uh, I've got a nutritional diploma up to level five. So I can guide Mm. people with the nutrition side. However, as always, I try not to wear too many hats within sessions. So instead of giving specific nutrition guidance, which again, you know, is its own kind of appointment in itself, we more work on potentially exploring fear foods, options that they could have for snacks and meals, trying to understand fears around specific foods and actually coming up with, you know, maybe meal options you know, options within session. So nutrition definitely plays a big part, which it might not do as much within therapy. Um, but not as specific as in session, I'm going to give you a meal plan and it might not be as appropriate for everyone as well. We've got to remember that meal plans, there is a, a definitely a use case for, for people, but for others, you know, it can actually feed the fire. Um, if you would
0: say. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you there, actually, and I think having recovered myself completely without a meal plan whatsoever, <laughs> I tend to be more yeah. the other way. But yeah, it, it it's it's so helpful, though, isn't yeah. it, to just clarify how it um indiv- yeah. each individual is very sort of um individual in what they need and desire and what is helpful in recovery.
1: Definitely. And I think we've touched on this briefly already, but you know, how do and how would you say therapy and coaching complement each other in in somebody's recovery journey? I know, you know, they do work hand in hand. So
0: Yeah, well, I suppose if you if you were gonna if someone was kind of seeing a therapist and seeing a coach, I guess, you know, I would say that probably with the therapy, you're more likely perhaps to focus some um, on what's sort of underneath the eating disorder, maybe looking at your childhood, how things develop, trigger factors for the eating disorder. And, you know, as I've said, I guess, like, often now, I know in therapy that I do with clients, I would do that deeper work. And I would then be moving on to the skills and strategies as well. But maybe in, you know, in some settings, perhaps people would do more that kind of psychological deeper work with a therapist and then maybe with the coaching it would be more kind of practical and some of the things that you've sort of talked about where it's really sort of actionable steps and um goals and sort of specific things that have been brought up by the clients sort of, you know collaboratively
1: definitely and i think also you know to know is like coaches and therapists can work closely together as well you know, oftentimes it's that open communication, if appropriate, so you can actually like have that, you know, level of communication with all of your kind of support network, maybe that be a medical team, or your dietitian, a coach, a therapist, obviously, it really depends as well on your availability to get that amount of support. Obviously, we know that, you know, private healthcare is a privilege. And it's an, it's a shame that there isn't, you know, more you know easily accessible resources out there so it all depends on the individual I think as well of how much they they can invest in their health or how much help they can get to invest in their health um you know and I and I think that's worth noting is it really is dependent on the individual
0: yeah no, I think really true and just something else that I was just thinking about actually is I think sometimes I'm sure you probably find this as well that you know someone might not be ready for actionable change at this moment in time however they may be ready to explore more the why for their eating disorder so I think sometimes as well that's where therapy can offer the space to really like really make sense of the kind of putting the pieces of the jigsaw together about why am I struggling with this how's it helping me cope etc and that can lay a good foundation and then maybe at a later date as well when someone is more really in the like, I am ready to change, I want to put things into action, that could be a time I think when people can really embrace kind of, you know, well with um, a, with a rec- sort of recovery coach, because of, they've almost kind of like, done a lot of that reflective insight awareness work. And then they've got to that point where they just thought I've had enough. Now I really want to take active change. And I think, I don't know if you find this, Keandra, but I think when you embark on coaching as well, you probably do need to be quite motivated and ready to take at least some action steps. Don't you? Otherwise it can yeah. be quite a frustrating process on both sides for coach and for client. Definitely. And I think that's, you know,
1: it's very great. It's great that you said that because I'm making that very clear early on that this is a two way. It's a two way kind of battle for the eating disorder. I would love to do the work for you, but when we come up with goals, they, they, you know, it's a, it's a case of, you know, I can't do the work to get you to the goals. I can help you find your route there, but it has to, has, somebody has to be motivated to recover. And, you know, maybe I always have that awareness of if that is not the right time for you, maybe to, to be coached is we take a step back and then explore other routes. And that might be with therapy. And that, or that might be with something much more intense. But again, it's not appropriate to really um, start coaching, maybe in the really early stages of recovery. It can be quite um, overwhelming, overwhelming. Yeah, no, I'm with you there.
0: (laughs) Time for a short advertisement break. I know we talk a lot about food freedom on this podcast and how important it is to take care of yourself mentally and physically, as you learn to navigate a culture inundated with toxic messaging. One of the best ways to take care of yourself is through exercise. But I know it can be really hard to find an exercise program that isn't rooted in these toxic messages and doesn't feel triggering. Well, I recently met Katie, the owner of an amazing new exercise company called WeShape. And WeShape doesn't focus on calorie counting, tracking, how much you work out, or making you feel bad about your body to get you motivated. Instead, they create a customized exercise routine for you that helps you connect with and care for your body, rather than feeling pressure to change it. They help you learn to set intentions that come from a place of self-care rather than self-judgment, and they support you every step of the way with an amazing community and live coaching, so you can make exercise a self-care practice that helps you feel better in your body and about your body. Plus, they're giving listeners of the show the chance to try it out for two full weeks for free. Just head on over to www.weshape.com forward slash freedom or check out the link in the show notes to get started today.
1: I mean, within your own practice, um, can you, you know, if obviously anon- anonymously, but can you share any real, real life success stories where therapy has had a significant impact on somebody's recovery? Sure you've yeah, like I've guess, I
0: guess I got someone in mind who you know I saw in the NHS um, about probably about five years ago, and has now had a baby, which was has been amazing because of um, yeah, this person really thought that. She had completely damaged her fertility and she didn't think that was going to be possible. And, you know, she came into the NHS service like really, really unwell. And um, yeah, but it's, it's had a baby in the last year. So that's been incredible. Um, mm. So I, I guess I can think of many stories like that, really, where people have just just turned their lives around. And even after living with eating disorders for many years, and I guess it's just never too late. And it's just so rewarding and yeah, I, I love my job, I guess, So when I reflect on those stories. Mm,
1: it's like, you know, you really are making that profound impact on somebody's life that might have not, might have lost hope. And I think that's a lot of the time before therapeutical help, either coaching or, or traditional therapy, a lot of people have lost hope in their recovery. So I'm sure, you know, I know for myself, it's just it's beautiful to see that change. I think my story is actually similar to that. Um, uh, a client actually came up um to the area that I lived and, and she didn't, we didn't really like spend time together, but she just wanted to like say thank you because she'd got pregnant. She had a new baby with her and her husband was there and she was just beaming with joy. And it was just like, wow. Okay. This is real. You know, this is somebody's life that you've, you've, managed to help you know they found their way but with your guidance it's you know it's a beautiful like flourishing journey as you'd say
0: yeah it's lovely and not everyone that's listening has to go and have a baby to recover
1: no not at all some people not at all I think it's just from like both for, for yeah. both of us it's that you know that was the their intention you know mm, they wanted definitely. that with nothing else, so you know definitely not other people have many different goals um for sure, but I mean, we've talked about you know potentially some of the the success stories, but actually, what practical tools and approaches to therapy offer to you know empower people? You
0: know, can you give me some examples? Yeah, well, I guess it's so diverse in terms of mm. what kind of therapy you have. Um, I mean in terms of the way I work more myself I'm sort of integrative so I work on the deeper issues and I work more on skills and strategies as well so some of the main therapies I draw on um, you know which include a lot of practical tools are things like cognitive behavior therapy also sort of motivational enhancement therapy because of as we sort of touched on already um, Mm. you know sometimes people aren't that motivated for change or they can feel really ambivalent because the eating disorder is serving them in some way so I think often I'm sure you might find in coaching as well, that motivational piece is really, really helpful because of um, someone often needs to explore their ambivalence and also really think about like, what are my values? Why do I want to recover? Start to kind of create some hope and a bigger picture, really, about what you're moving Mm -hmm. towards. Um, Also draw on a bit like cognitive analytic therapy. I find that can be quite helpful, particularly looking at kind of broader themes around the eating disorder, you know, perhaps how you relate to yourself self-worth, relationships, self-care, because that often all of those issues are kind of going on sort of underneath the eating disorder. And also like compassion-focused therapy as well. Like I think, you know, for most clients, they are really struggling with that very strong inner critic. Often they're very kind to others, not compassionate and kind to themselves at all. So, you know, I guess I use kind of different practical tools um, from all of those different therapies and other things, I guess, that I've picked up over the years that are quite specific to eating disorders um but is that similar for you um kendra in in coaching or ha- how do you work it is it's different to some degree
1: i mean for me i draw upon i'm a therapeutic coach because obviously with my background in in counseling and i i've done cbte it's similar to you and i've also done some dbt training so again it's really dependent on the individual you know some people you know are very um I suppose, aware of the tools that they already have, but they want to understand how they could fit them into their lives. If that makes any sense, it's like they have everything that they need. But it's like how I need the confidence to do it like that accountability. And I think that's a big thing what maybe is different to a from therapy to a coach is actually the accountability aspect is actually how somebody would stay on track to their goals rather than you know potentially just exploring it within session so that's that's what I would say is something that's really big within my sessions is is that that accountability which could be done also through um texting accountability so I have some um clients who use you know texting as part of their journey so they can have access to me within a certain time frame to actually um be able to kind of hit the nail on the head when the eating disorder is loud loud etc so yeah a variety of different tools to be honest <laughs> no one size fits all
0: yeah they're sure and I guess that is a sort of difference isn't it like within therapy often you, the boundaries are more clear around your support is within the sessions. yeah um whereas like would people kind of sort of check in daily with you or is it yeah how, how frequently I mean they in? they can check in daily
1: if that's what they want to do. If they, if they, if that's, you know, most people, if they have got onto that, that package of services, then yes, they would be able to check in multiple times a day. Most people don't um, because, you know, they use the tools themselves and everyone, uh, you know, has their own day-to-day things. But a lot of people will just check in to be like, this was my win today. I'm proud of me. Kind of that like verbal, um, diary to some degree and obviously there's boundaries there and there's things that we we not d- we discuss and we we won't discuss and and that's about having that open, open communication quite early on.
0: Yeah no sounds good so, yeah. sounds good and I, I can really sort of see the benefit of that actually um, because I think um, sometimes it can feel particularly perhaps in those earlier stages, like an hour of therapy a week, and then you're kind of out in the ether for the rest yeah. of it. Um, can yeah. you, feel, you can feel quite lonely and isolated.
1: Definitely. And I think it's appropriate for certain times and not for others. And some people don't like that, you know, daily, daily communication and actually work things out themselves. That's why everyone is very, very different. And I suppose on that, what are some myths around therapy or coaching? that you know that you can
0: debunk? Yeah, and well, do you know what? Good question. <laughs> I'm thinking, what do people generally think about therapy these days? I don't know, actually, um, because I'm thinking some of the kind of like, <laughs> the myths I would have thought were myths in the past are probably not so much myths anymore. So can you help me out here? <laughs> what is I think myth? I think a lot of, for me, I think, society
1: has changed dramatically to be honest in the respect that you know it's now not necessarily taboo to see a therapist it's actually something that is celebrated um and at the go you know we all need therapy you know and when when all of these like online potentially apps like you know we can name a few that have come in to um, the sphere of, you know, where you can access online therapy, etc. it's made it more accessible for people. So I don't think it's as there is as many myths around it. However, I think a lot of people assume therapy, uh, has kind of a time limit that you need to be better within a certain time frame or therapy will fix you. I think that is a big myth because yes, it's going to help you on your journey, but the therapist's role is not to fix you or the coach is about us finding you know solutions and working things out together so you can heal um and I think that's a myth more of you know one that Mm. maybe is not so so known is actually it's not the therapist's jobs to fix fix others I don't know if you'd agree with that
0: yeah no definitely I think yeah really helpful to sort of mention that it is about, isn't it, taking responsibility in recovery. Mm-hmm. And that can feel massively daunting. But actually, when you do that, it's incredibly empowering. Because I think, I mean, I just know in my own journey, looking often to others um, to try and provide that kind of magic bullet, really, that magic wand, something that was going to make it all better. And then getting very disappointed in a way when someone outside wasn't able to fix me. And, mm. you know, that the thing is that people can, like a therapist, a coach, they can support you, they can encourage you, they can give you lots of tools and strategies. But ultimately, you need to want to recover for yourself. And you need to sort of step into that place and put the tools and strategies into practice. Um, someone can't kind of miraculously um, cure you by you being in their presence, sadly.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, it's just worth noting that before you go into a a therapeutic setting just so you don't get disappointed it's like actually i'm going to have to do some work here um and, and and be aware that it's it recovery is it's hard you know nobody no, nobody said it was easy but i think it's it's just worth recognizing that therapists are definitely magicians in some sense like they you know i i oftentimes think you know possessing skills that you can have that compassion however not magic in the sense that you can magically take somebody's eating disorder away from them. Um, So that would be the only thing that I would say.
0: Yeah, no, Mm. I'm completely with you. I'm with you. And I think there's something about maybe accessing support when the timing is right for you. And I think this is not Mm. to say there's ever a perfect time and that you should delay getting help waiting for that perfect moment because the perfect moment won't come. But I think, as you're saying, you know, where therapy is hard work, it does take up time. And it's probably good just to be have a bit of space in your life where you have got time to reflect and work on recovery. And also maybe to make sure you've got some supportive people around you. And that sometimes only needs to be one or two people, doesn't it, to sort of be your cheerleaders. Um, but those things can really help, I think, perhaps rather than launching into therapy when you're like moving house or about to come yeah. undergo a massive life event when you've already got enough on your plate.
1: Definitely. It requires mental energy. And I, I often find, you know, clients say that they've been tired after a session because you are using your brain, you know, you're using mm-hmm. emotion and it's being kind to yourself and being, yeah, in the right place where you want to go, not being forced. And I think that's really, really important is no one can force you to get better, number one, but nobody can force you into therapy or coaching you have to want it for you because then you'll do the
0: work yeah so important and um, I think it's a better even to delay therapy isn't it to when you are in that place because if you're just doing it for your mom your partner it's probably not gonna really give you the benefits that it could do and I think I think it can also devalue therapy or coaching if you're doing it for someone else rather than yourself because of you're almost then just kind of going through the process aren't you without really engaging your soul in that recovery process
1: definitely you have to be invested and you know you're you're like you said you're it's about you know inner soul work and inner soul healing so if you're not fully invested it might not be as beneficial as it could be so that, you know, definitely, I definitely agree, agree with that. Um, I suppose, you know, as we as we're drawing drawing to a drawing to a close, I mean, what can, you know, what long-term benefits can would somebody expect from your side from therapy in their journey to eating disorder recovery?
0: Well, I'm gonna say this I'm a therapist, I'm <laughs> from my own experience, but I think doing the work increasing the awareness learning those different skills and strategies it just really sets you up for the long term I think for life um, mm. I know from my own experience I had a lot of therapy in my 20s I mean not much of it actually was eating disorder specific because back in the day it wasn't really available but I had a lot of some more like kind of general therapy slash counseling and it definitely has made my 30s and 40s so much more peaceful my relationships have been better I've been able to be just much more aligned with knowing myself making choices that make me feel happy setting boundaries with people managing my emotions you know I guess it really provided me with a toolbox for life so although in mm. my 20s sometimes it was pretty turbulent and I wasn't always enjoying therapy and it felt kind of hard work and digging around at things that I didn't really want to talk about I guess that short-term pain has been so so worth it for the longer-term peace, contentment Definitely. and mental well-being. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean I would I would reiterate that but I also think, you know, it like like you mentioned it's you know, life can be hard, you know, and life is hard, but that's also it's okay, but it's as long as you you know, know that the, you know, have the tools that the eating disorder is not there to be your comfort in times that are hard in the future. I think that's what, you know, therapy and coaching can really help you develop is actually those actionable steps for you to maintain well and not use it as your coping mechanism anymore. So that that is about finding new coping mechanisms a lot of the time. Yeah, 100%. Definitely definitely i mean you know as we as we are drawing to quiz what what you know for somebody who is looking into therapy of any sort or coaching what words of encouragement do you have to take them to the next step in their healing
0: Yeah I would just say like be you know be hopeful that recovery is possible you know if you don't find a therapist or coach immediately that you have a good fit with just don't close that door keep pursuing you know different avenues I think you know I know definitely with sort of the therapy research it sort of shows that the relationship with that therapist or counsellor is the most important thing rather than Mm -hmm. actually any specific sort of modality type of therapy so I think Finding someone who you can talk to, who you feel that you can be reasonably open with and establish trust, that's all going to help. And so finding that right person, and there's no kind of perfect person. I think there are many people out there who could be, you know, well aligned and could work well with you. But, you know, you might not meet them on the first sort of call or, and and I guess it's just like, keep kind of keep pursuing that. And um, and although it feels scary, I just say, you know, it's so worth it and um you know be brave be courageous and hold that bigger picture of hope and all your dreams for the future definitely i yeah again
1: really really beautiful point i think for me as well it's don't be afraid to ask questions you know of, of what may be their their skill set is or what what tools they might draw upon on and and if you've done research yourself you know see what see what things that you like the sound of maybe that is cbt maybe that is you know other types of therapy that is okay it's you kind of don't be afraid to ask those important questions because it's your recovery at the end of the day you know it's really you know it's a really important journey so that that's what I would say
0: yeah definitely absolutely
1: definitely so you know for the listeners how you know for your for your for my listeners anyway how would they find you
0: um and how could they present to the access therapy sure so first thing is go to my website the eating disorder um also you can listen to the eating disorder therapist podcast or follow me on instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore um and keandra what about you for my listeners
1: yeah, I think I I also have my own website, Flourish with Kiandra, and I'm sure we'll both um, leave the, sh- the the details in the show notes. But I I'm also active on social media, so at Flourish with Kiandra. Again, the spelling is kind of annoying, so it's C I A N D R A. Again, we'll be in the show notes. Um, but I I just offer a lot of information um, on on eating disorders and recovery and and various things um, to help people on their journey. So that is that is for me lovely well thank you so much it's been lovely yeah, speaking to you thank you definitely
0: definitely thank you so much see you soon so i hope you enjoyed this conversation just as much as i did and do go and check out kiandra's details in the show notes if you're not following me already do see me on instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore and for further support of your relationship with food do go to the eating You might also want to join my bite-sized eating disorder therapy for only five pounds a month for extra podcast content and video and a great place to get psychological tips from the therapy room and you can try it for a week for free first. If you enjoy this podcast I'd be so grateful if you'd follow rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.